As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. I'm really excited today to have our guests with us because not only is this a timely topic, as many of us are rolling into the summer, as many of us have maybe in the past considered summer camp for our kids, our nieces, our nephews, the idea of camping is really a topic on a lot of people's minds. And what I'm really excited about is not only bringing an expert today to talk about kind of how she has kind of adapted her business to the current environment, but also talking about how her camp is really a unique solution for people out there that are really looking for a camp that's going to maybe challenge your kids in a little bit different way, give them different exposure, really prepare them for the role of making a difference in the world. And what I think often when we are thinking about either if you have vegan children or if you have kids that have that activism kind of flair and flavor in them, I thought this might be a good opportunity for us to talk about the work that Nora's been doing, the work that she's been doing with Yay Camp, and also specifically how Nora's been pivoting because of these changes. She's really found some great opportunities and solutions out there for anyone that is maybe looking for a camp solution, um, as well as many of you who are in the business world may want to hear how different business models are truly finding success and finding other opportunities in this time. So first, let me say welcome, Nora. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being on with you. Perfect. And then what I'd love for us to do, just as we're grounding things, everyone loves to know kind of a little bit of background about our guests. Because we focus specifically on vegan entrepreneurs, a lot of questions always come up on how long have you been vegan? So maybe let's give our audience just a quick glimpse into the fact that how long you've been vegan and what started your journey. Yeah, I went vegan in 1998 old school. Um, Love it. I, yeah, I learned about what was happening to animals and how bad it was for the environment and that we didn't need to eat animal products to be healthy. And in fact, we could be healthier if we didn't eat them. And that was pretty much all I needed to know. Back then, I didn't know anyone who was vegan. I barely knew anyone vegetarian. I'd never heard of any organizations. I mean, most of the organizations that we all maybe have heard of now didn't even exist back then. And so I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the only vegan ice cream I remember back then was vanilla rice dream. And I was like, Oh God, is this, is this what life is going to be like now? But, um, yeah, we've come a long way. A long way. Definitely have come a long way. And it's great to talk to someone who's been vegan so long because you understand the journey. You understand kind of the process, the march, um, and then also you just a wealth of information. Hmm. So let's talk about the camp. Give maybe our viewers a little bit of background on when you started, what was the mission, kind of the vision. Maybe we do that foundation and then I'll jump back in with a couple of questions about um, how and what you're doing now. Sure. So I started Yay Camp, which stands for Youth Empowered Action Camp in 2009. And it really, it, it's, you mentioned, you know, the, my, sort of my vegan story of about 10 years after going vegan. And throughout those 10 years or so, 
I did a ton of activism and um, I was really committed to making a bigger difference in the world. And I had no idea what I was doing. I really didn't know where to start. Um, I didn't have people in my life who were training me or mentoring me in how to get started um, or have activists who I was learning from, you know, in the beginning when I was just trying to make trying sense to of out, the right? world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just studied as much as I could. I took every workshop I could find. I did so many different types of activism um, on the grassroots level, passing out thousands of leaflets, um, lead, giving talks, writing, doing letters to the editor, you know, so many different things. And along the way, I, um, I started volunteering at an after school program. I taught a class called Animals in the Environment. Nice. And yeah, and um, at a middle school in San Francisco where I was living. And okay. we had some camper, some, sorry, some, some students and their parents were asking me if I had suggestions of things their kids could do during the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started looking around and I really wasn't finding anything that I was excited to recommend. And part of that was um, I, I went, you know, I went to camp as a kid, just a, a mainstream regular summer camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew there were niche camps. And so I started looking, you know, to see if there was something like that. And I found a few, you know, there are environmental programs and leadership programs. And one of the things that I looked at to understand them is what is their food? Because to me, if there isn't a camp that's teaching environmental education, but they're serving just mainstream, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs, there's mm-hmm. something majorly there's missing, something missing from their critique. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to test, you know, we're going to test the the local stream for pollution, but then we're going to eat burgers. And, you know, like the, the superficiality of that, that critique or or that approach wasn't going to do it for me. So, um, and same thing, I think with leadership camps, a lot of times leadership is almost like ego driven. It's almost um, like, how do you you know, have things that you can put on your college application or on your resume so that you can get a better job and make more money. It's not driven by what do you care about? Yeah. So I started Yay Camp because I recognized all those years that I was struggling along to figure out what the heck to do um, and trying to evaluate, was this a good use of my time? How could I do this better? Maybe I should try something else. I realized, A, that I had learned a lot of things. B, that I could help other people learn it faster than it took me. And see that this is needed, that we have so many problems in the world and most schools are not teaching about them Mm -hmm. um, in any effective way um, uh, at the level that's needed, obviously. Um, And so I... It took me about eight years from when I first decided I wanted to, that this camp should exist until, until launching it in 2009. So this is, this is our 12th year. I love that. And I think that's key is when a lot of us know we want to do more. We want to make change. We want to make impact. To your point, it's not necessarily that we're trying to get, you know, things on our resume or trying to get things for an application. We really want to make change. And the challenge is we see where sometimes, sometimes where the opportunity is, but trying to figure out where and how I can make that change. How can I be effective in it? How mm-hmm. can I channel? What should I be doing? Like you're saying, Rich, should mm-hmm. I be writing letters? Should I be mm-hmm. showing up events? What should I do? And I really love what 
the work that you're doing because you're helping people take what they care about, the impact they want to make, and turn that into something that's action oriented, mm-hmm. and also teaching um, individuals and kids how to do it while they're young. You know, really empowering yeah. them. That's why I love that empowerment's in in the in the in the title. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think. Um... You know, most social movements throughout history have been driven by young people. And there's an idealism that young people have that has um, that that has uh, so much potential. And I think um, our society in general doesn't honor that when we don't teach people about history, about accurate history, Mm -hmm. um, including how change has happened. Um, when we don't encourage people, I mean, I have so many of our students who try to start a school club and their administration gets in the way, like tries to actively, you know, stop them from starting a school club. That's interesting. I would, I'm surprised that that you would have a school do that. Well, if it's, I mean, I can understand the politics and everything. Yeah. Right. And everything has been politicized. So we have uh, campers who wanted to start groups around talking about issues around race, around um, LGBTQ issues, and that's seen as political. But so it's like those things just, just should not be talked about and we should just ignore them and they'll go away. Is that the, 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 yeah, that's that's the plan? Yeah. Um, it's not honoring of, you know, the human experience and what's happening in our world. That's nothing new. Um, unfortunately. And so uh, to me, you know, the fact that students at, at schools are, um, face, uh, um, obstacles from their administration versus the administration encouraging them and appreciating them for yes. wanting to, you know, make the world a better place and improve, you know, things at their school. Um, mm-hmm. it's just an example of some of what youth are up against sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's key is that, trying to make sure that the students and individuals have the ability, have the skills, but also when they are met with adversity, when they're met mm-hmm. with things that create that friction, mm-hmm. helping them understand how to move forward. Because mm-hmm. what can happen is, you know, a bright light or a shining kind of a person who really sees that they could do something. We don't want anyone to dampen that down. So Absolutely. I really love that you're, you're helping people with that. So let's talk about the camp. Let's talk about yeah what you're doing now specifically because the world has changed a little bit mm-hmm. the environment is different especially mm-hmm. for kids especially for camps mm-hmm. you know they're very mm-hmm. social environments and with us mm-hmm. using terms like social distancing and masks, mm-hmm. all those things you know talk walk me through kind of a maybe how you felt in the beginning when all of this happened mm-hmm. and kind of like entrepreneur hat on like how you emotionally manage that and then once you got through that phase, how did you get to the other side? Yeah, well, it happened real fast for me. I think for for most people, it it was kind of happened. Um, like I'd been hearing about coronavirus, but we've had other pandemics or in other parts of the world that never, you know, affected us directly here in the U.S. And so I think a lot of us were like hearing about it, but not really paying much attention. And then I remember um, in mid-March, there was one night or one day where I found out that they were closing schools, that colleges were going to be all remote for the rest of the year, that the NBA was shutting down. And I was like, oh, okay, this is now a whole 
yes. other thing that mm-hmm. is, this is serious. Yeah. This Shut is down real. started happening. Yes. It's totally so, different. Yeah. Totally different. So that was in mid-March. So our camps are in July and August. Um, but real quick, I started thinking, okay, wait, schools are shut down for, you know, like what, I, I just started researching. I, I saw what was happening in Italy, that people were in their homes and not able to leave their house, basically, right? What, what I had never heard the term social distancing or physical distancing, right? Like what, what uh, seeing the writing on the wall that thanks, I mean, thankfully, tragically, we had the advantage of seeing, you know, what was happening um, yeah, in, in other, other parts of the world yeah. that affected them, you know, before it affected us. So I started researching, well, what, is, what's, what are they doing there? And, and I'm thinking, you know, about our camp that, you know, maybe things will be okay by July, but I started researching, you know, predictions and was not looking good for that. But then I was also thinking, who's registering their kids for camp right now, yeah. you know, in March or April in a pandemic? Because we weren't full yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and who, you know, who's thinking, oh, I'm going to spend, you know, money that like camp is not an essential service, right? It's yeah. as much as I think our camp is, you know, life-changing and amazing. It's yes. not essential yes. when you're, you know, lose your job. You don't know maybe if you're going to be able to pay your mortgage or your rent or your basics. Mm-hmm. Well, the, one of the first things you're going to do is, honey, you're not going to sleepaway camp this summer, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So it's became, and a lot of our kids fly in. We have, we're a, like a considered a destination camp because we have folks from yeah. all over the place who come to our camp. And I think so that's who, a really good point that just to point out is that you are a camp that people are flying in. That they're actually traveling to. So not only does it show the dedication um, that of the, um, of the parents and also um, the kids that are coming, mm-hmm. but also how unique um, your camp is and a camp experience. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we are definitely a very unique program. So I don't even think I really explained, but our campus is, is trains people to be activists, to make a bigger difference on the causes that they care about. Um, and that is just as needed in a pandemic, if not more so, right? Yeah. But the, you know, doing that in um, the, the context of social distancing, uh, you know, became very clear that even if things were better by July, are people going to be registering just the economic, you know, turns of events and all the anxiety and uncertainty. I was like, this is not, this is, it just became clear. This Mm -hmm. is not happening. Yeah. And so I got, um, I reached out to some folks on our team, um, past campers and staff, um, just like, I I think it was like nine or 10 at night. And I just started texting people like, are you free for a call right now? Um, I was like, this is an emergency. It was not an emergency, but it was an emergency in my brain. And it was just, we, we, a group of us got on a call and it was like, it was clear to all of us that like, yeah, we can't, we, we need to shift. We can't, we can't count on that. This is going to happen. Yeah. So it was actually, um, I remember that Saturday, that was like maybe a Thursday or Friday. And then that Saturday morning, I had a friend, a Facebook friend who runs a day camp um, just on the side. That's not even her job. It's just like a fun thing that she does. Mm-hmm. And I saw that she had posted on Facebook that she was doing what she called a virtual camp. Okay. It's an art camp. And so I was like a virtual camp. What, what is, what is that? Yeah. I'm like, what is a virtual camp? So I looked at her site and she was doing one hour a day calls on zoom for a week. 
Um, this is an art camp. So she's going to be making you know, different art projects with them. Okay. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Huh? Yeah, I'm going to do that. And so that day, I saw that like Saturday, maybe like 10 or 11 in the morning. And that day I was like, okay, we're starting classes on Monday, you know, is not taking money from the camp because we're not bringing any money in because we're reimbursing, Mm -hmm. you know, all of our participants. Um, And we, uh, and that any money that we brought in through donations would just keep us essentially from going bankrupt would keep us afloat as mm-hmm. we're figuring out, you know, what is it that we do now? Yeah. And how do we so, do it? Yeah. And how do we do it? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and I love that. I love that you made that strategic decision. Cause I think as business owners, a lot of times we struggle with how do we, how do we respond to these financial challenges? Because they're real in our businesses. You know, we have to make sure to keep our businesses afloat during these times. We have to make sometimes these really kind of, different moves or edgy moves or things that we never thought we would do before. So I really love that you did that. And then from that, in that time, added this challenge. You use that time and that space to not only get the program up and running, get feedback, see how people enjoyed it and so forth. Um, I just think that's an amazing way that you kind of not only pivoted during the time, but also came out strong with an offering and something to help kids um, during that time. Thank you. Yeah, it, it actually, I mean, it's not like, oh, I had this grand vision in the pandemic that we're going to do that. It, it was like, it just happened really organically that I, you know, if I hadn't seen that friend post that on Facebook, I don't know if I would have had that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the fact that she pivoted so fast really inspired me mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I didn't have like a five day, one hour a day curriculum for kids that, you know, remotely, you know, that's, but I, I w- was confident that I could create something. Um, and uh, it just, you know, it, it worked out so well. And it, I think it helped. I know that the, the classes helped the students and yes. got really great feedback about that. Mm-hmm. But it also helped me personally to have a schedule, to have like clarity. This is what I'm doing now. Because mm-hmm. it was very destabilizing, like, okay, yeah. my job is a camp director, but we don't have a camp right now. And what is, you know, well, everything that I had been doing was preparing. For, yeah, everything I'd been yeah. doing, you know, was preparing for summer that was going to be happening in a few months. That's now, well, that's not my job right now. So what is, what is my job? What is it that I do now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a very just destabilizing, you know, moment. And I just... I feel so grateful that I saw her post and I just jumped in and went for it without feeling like I needed to have a whole plan. And it just week by week, we just kept adding another class. And then at some point I was like, maybe we, sh- we, we just, we went several weeks of being like, should we do one more? Should we do another one? Should we? And so it wasn't, it actually made it kind of hard to be able to sign up for like, like longer term yeah. because I, I hadn't committed to them. Yeah. But so then once we did a few, we just kept doing it. And it was like, Okay, so then I added four more weeks and committed to that. And so it was, it's, it was so good for me to have to, um, to be on a schedule, mm-hmm. to be accountable to our students, you know, to innovate the classes and come yeah. up with classes that worked for, you know, students who were new one week and the students who were there the previous the three week weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then during that time, I also was having, and I have been having throughout this time, different 
um, planning meetings with folks, past campers and staff about, you know, what, what, what well, do we want to create? Like yeah. And yeah. so we decided my, actually my first thought was, I didn't think that we would do a virtual camp, um, that we would just maybe keep, keep offering classes or something. And we actually, one of our one member of our team, Mia, who has been a camper for two summers, she actually wrote up a vision of what a virtual camp could be. Nice. And I read it over and I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. And um, I just started, I Googled like, what's a virtual camp? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is that? And I saw what other programs were doing. There's like a tech camp that I saw. And so just, we've had weeks of calls. And um, so now we're, we're doing it. It's a month, it's from, official. It's month from yesterday. It's official. Um, we're doing four sessions. And um, I, we've spent a long time really thinking through what's the schedule going to mm -hmm. look like. You know, we don't want people to be on the computer all day, but we want to, you know, make sure that we're giving them lots of content and bringing the so best they have of what content we do. and then activities that they do off of the computer and then come back. Yeah. So, Next day. Okay. Well, well, yes and no. So okay. we, a lot of the activities. So if you go to yaycamp.org, it's yeacamp.org, you can see our schedule and the full kind of layout. Okay. But um, we have like throughout the day, very different types of activities. So each day we're going to have a workshop that's a training that either I or another staff member will lead, or we're going to have some really amazing guest speakers Okay. Um, who are, which is actually an, a, one thing that I've found is that there are some benefits to us doing the camp virtually. Like we can get some guest speakers who maybe wouldn't be available to come, you know, two hours out into the woods to our camp. Yes. So we're going to have some really amazing guest speakers. Um, right. So we're going to have that time. And then we're going to have a, um, breakout groups where folks are going to work together on, we're calling them their CTW projects or change the world projects Ooh, I like where that. they're going to, yeah. So in their small group, based on the issue that they're most passionate about, mm -hmm. they're going to um, work on creating a resource guide where they're going to learn about the issue that they're most passionate about. And they're going to educate the rest of the camp about that issue. They're going to do a fundraiser. They're going to, as a small group, yeah, they're going to choose an organization that they want to fundraise for, and they're going to have the rest of the week to try to raise as much money as they can for the group of their choice. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to do an advocacy project. So they're going to choose decision makers that they want to influence. Mm -hmm. And they're as a group together are going to, you know, come up with their plan. So they're going to go make phone calls, obviously on their own and kind of check back like, oh, I left a voicemail or, you know, I posted this on social media. Um, for whatever, you know, campaign they, they want to get involved with that would be pertaining to the issue that they care about. So that's, you know, the core, like, activism part of the camp that's virtually. Nice. Yeah. And then we're also... Because it sounds very substantial. That's what I really yeah. love about it. It's very tangible. Yeah. And it's, it's skills that they can use later on. It's not just yeah, kind of, you know, not just the fun stuff. It's really things... I shouldn't say the fun stuff, but, you know, sometimes it's just things that are lightweight um, yes. I really love that your stuff feels grounded, you know, it feels like I learned oh, how to you. do this and I can do it again. Yeah. Our whole curriculum is based on building knowledge, skills, confidence, and community. Yes. So in that, that section that I described, they're doing, you know, they're really building a lot of knowledge and skills and confidence and community and working together. Um, but we're also going to be doing a lot of fun things. We're going to have work calling free time activities where we're going to have, um, a vegan cooking class. We're going to do yoga. We're going to do a virtual visit to a farm sanctuary. We're going to have improv and arts activism and other things that will be on the computer, but are interactive and engaging. That's in a way that's 
um, it doesn't quite feel academic or like school, you Makes know? Mm -hmm. So, and then we're also going to have like our evening activity. We'll have like an open mic. Um, we're going to have an activist um, trivia night, a scavenger hunt, like do some things that are still like camp. Yeah. So we're trying to find the balance of, of just bringing the it. best of what we do in mm -hmm. person um, and trying to make that work in this format. I love that. That sounds great. Now, we did have yeah, a question. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to pop it over on the screen. Um, sure. Just asking kind of about the value that the business has delivered um, to advance vegan kind of practice. Um, I think the question's about historically, but if you've been thinking moving forward, kind of what value has your business um, played in kind of advancing veganism? Yeah, what a cool question. Yeah. Um, well, because the food at our camp is vegan, we've always attracted a disproportionate number of campers who are vegan. Um, and we also have a lot of folks who are not vegetarian. So we've had the, a lot of the folks who come to our camp who are not vegetarian, a lot of them have gone vegan or vegetarian. Um, and tell me years later that they are, are still vegan. And I'm like, I didn't know you went vegan or that you weren't vegan, but like years later, um, because they get exposed to amazing vegan food. Um, but then we also have, I mentioned disproportionate number of folks who are really passionate about animal issues and found the camp because they're vegan and they were looking for a vegan or vegetarian camp. And many of our campers who have gone on to do some really impressive activism around, the, around these issues. So one of our campers is actually going to be one of our guest speakers at our virtual camp, Leah Kelly. She uh, was a camper twice and she mm -hmm. worked on for her first year. She started a school club on animal issues. That was um, one of the things that they were working on was trying to get more veg options into their school cafeteria. And in the second year, she launched a Meatless Mondays campaign that actually she worked, ended up working with HSUS. We connected her with them. And mm -hmm. um, she got Meatless Mondays implemented in her entire school district. Wow. So the whole district um, implemented Meatless Mondays that she, you know, got that going. Um, and we've had so many campers who've done things like getting more veg options in their school cafeteria. Mm -hmm. getting folks, you know, we've had folks who've gotten involved in some of the ballot measures. Um, like in Massachusetts, there was a ballot measure for farmed animals. And in California this past year, there was a ballot measure. We've had a lot of campers do different types of outreach. One camper started a micro sanctuary um, and getting, um, having animals at, in her, um, at, in her yard and has started mm -hmm. doing tours um, through a grant that we helped her get. So mm -hmm. we're, we try to bring everybody further along from where they were. Um, to be making a bigger, a bigger difference and whatever, you know, whatever causes they're most passionate about. Like yeah. The idea of bringing them from where they are further along so mm -hmm. that they can get kind of get that forward progress. I think that mm -hmm. is amazing. So if people are thinking about, I guess we have two things. If people are thinking about what to do this summer, what should mm -hmm. their kids do, especially with the headlines that are out there these days, um, not just um, around Corona, but also around social justice. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, things are coming out in the news. We just had a ruling in the Supreme Court about, mm -hmm. you know, civil rights. I mean, there's a lot going on that not only is shaking us up a little bit in the world, but also allowing a lot of us to think differently about our roles. And maybe we're mm -hmm. thinking about what um, 
our, our children would want to do as well. Um, mm-hmm. If they're thinking about kind of reaching out, what should they do? Jump on your website, send you an email. If they're thinking about maybe how their children can take their activism and maybe funnel that into a project, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Mm-hmm. Well, the best way to reach out to me would be through our website. It's yeacamp.org. Um, and obviously, if you have youth uh, 10 to 17, that's who the camp is designed for. So I would love, you know, I think that's the whole camp is designed to help young people get, get more involved in, in social justice issues. Um, I think in terms of right now, like what could you do today, um, apart from, you know, sign your kids up for, for camp in a month. Um, I think especially, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this. First of all, Yay Camp is not about any one topic. We are a summer camp for social change. And so we, um, we encourage everyone to choose one primary issue. We call it your, your IOI, your issue of importance to focus primarily on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so we're not specifically about any one topic, but I think at this time in history, we're at a national reckoning on issues around race that especially white people have been ignoring for hundreds of years, ignoring and participating in and benefiting from. Um, and I think especially for white people, it is super important to like, wake up. Hello. We cannot keep ignoring this. This is not okay. And, um, and it is on white people to take on the responsibility of educating ourselves. Um, part of privilege is that you can choose to opt out of thinking about certain things, right? If I'm as an able-bodied person, I don't need to think about if there's a ramp to the building where my event is being held, right? I might, don't need to think about that, right? Yeah. As a white person, I could just choose, oh, I don't need to think about this. And yeah, that's why these problems are happening is because people, white people especially have not been paying attention. So I really encourage everyone to educate themselves as much as possible. There's so much content out there. Um, not knowing what to do is not a reason to not do something. There's Google. Um, and there's so many resources for how to get more involved. So I think, you know, there's different stages of getting involved from, you know, certainly educating yourself. Um, as a parent, I think it's a really great thing to model that you're educating yourself, that you actually didn't learn this in school. And this is such an important issue. And you want to learn more yourself. And we can learn together, right? So I think that's one thing. Um, advocacy of either joining protests or getting, making phone calls or getting involved in your community in one way or another. Um, donating, I think is a really important thing for parents, especially to be modeling. That doesn't mean you need to have a lot of money to do that. You could, as a family say, you know what, we're not going to, you know, spend money on this thing this month because we actually really want to donate to this cause. Will you help us? Let's figure out which is the best organization that we can donate to Yeah, because this is really important. So I think these are things that we can model um, as parents and as adults, and that we all have a responsibility to as citizens or whatever, wherever citizens of the world, not of this country, but as, you know, as, as members of society, we have an obligation to try to bring about uh, equality and equity and, uh, you know, sustainability and a better world for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you said that about modeling and making sure that we're showing um, our family, showing our friends, showing our community, showing our kids, you know, that this is where we are standing up for others, 
uh, how we're mm -hmm. fighting injustice, how we are mm -hmm. getting educated. And like, I loved your example of, you know, saying, okay, instead of sending money on this this month, we're going to put it here mm -hmm. and donate it. Um, and then making a family decision about that. I think it's a great way to get people involved and also mm -hmm. to make a commitment um, as a mm -hmm. family to, to take action. So I'm mm -hmm. really love hearing you say that. I'm really excited about what you're going to be offering. I love that you're going to be supporting youth through activism, especially mm -hmm. right now where a lot of people are trying to figure out what they can do and how they can do in their community. So I'm really glad that we had this chance to talk and to do this interview. And I really hope not only if anyone's watching and they're a parent, they would consider um, signing up their kids. She said from age 10 to 17. 17, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, 10 to 17. Um, or even if you don't have kids, maybe in that age range, you know, share this interview with other parents, share this interview and let people know that this is an opportunity, um, especially for um, youth out there that are looking for um, a place to put their voice in a place for them to act. So thank you so much, mm -hmm. Nora, for joining us today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I was really um, excited about hearing about what everything you were working on. I love the challenges that you were doing. Um, earlier in the year. And I really love that you found kind of a really sweet and nice agenda um, for your camp this summer. So thanks again. Mm -hmm. Any other final words or anything else you want to share with our audience as we wrap up today? Just, well, first of all, thank you, Stephanie, for again, for having me and for the work that you do. And just, you know, I think all of us can, um, you know, can be looking at how can we do better? You know, that I'm reflecting for myself, how can I do better? And what, how can I educate myself? How can I learn? And what actions can I take um, to make the world a better place? Um, if you go to our website, yeacamp.org, we do have an ebook that I wrote that's called The Beginner's Guide to Changing the World that is designed more for adults. And we typically we do offer a camp for adults that also is not going to be happening this year um, in person. But um, that's just one resource. And I really encourage everybody regardless of what issues people are most passionate about, whether it's around veganism and animal rights and the environment or racism or many other issues we have. This is an election year, obviously. There's so many issues on the table. We need people to get more involved. So I think it's, um, that's, it's a, a beautiful thing to, you know, to get, you know, to get engaged in how can I make a bigger difference in the world? And um, so I appreciate, you know, that that's something that I think your community you know, is already committed to and engaged in and part of why people go vegan in the first place. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to even talk about this with folks. Perfect. Thank you so much. Once again, thank you. And I really appreciate all the work you're doing and I appreciate thank your you. time today. So thanks Nora, thank for you, sharing Stephanie. with our audience. And if anyone has any questions or anything, oh, a question just popped in. They said, what's yeah. the name of the adult camp? Oh, it's called Yay Camp for Adults. Um, and uh, we are unfortunately not doing it this summer, again, obviously, because of coronavirus. Um, and, you know, we may do it in 2021. 20, um, that's the current, the current plan. Um, but I'm actually interested in, you know, I mentioned that we're revisiting what it is that we do now, you know, in our, our work when we're without doing camps during the summer. So I'm really interested in creating um, programs for adults as well. Um, I mentioned the ebook. Um, I'm looking at creating um, 
I know we're wrapping up, but I, I have a lot of, I won't go into, okay. So, um, I'm actually interested in creating, I think we're going to call them like activist learning pods of like bringing okay. together, like, sm like a small group of people to work together over the course of a couple months to okay. learn about, um, how they can take action and make a bigger difference on the cause of their choice. So it would basically be like an activism 101 kind of curriculum. Okay. of learning, you know, the basics of a number of different social problems and how they operate, learning how change has happened over the course of time, breaking it down. So it's not going to be like, read this 500 page book, you know, people's history of the United States. Like, that's great to read that, but we're going to like really try to simplify things. Um, and everything that we do is building knowledge, skills, confidence, and community to be real practical. So learning about, you know, who are your legislators? Are, when are they up for re-election? Do you want them to win? You know, um, how do you get in involved in the political process? How do you, you know, we do a lot about communication, communicating effectively about a cause that you care about. Um, so that's something obviously, you know, I've been working on um, animal issues on and off for 20 years and I still mess up and I'm like, ah, why did I say that? You know, we just can endlessly improve, you know, our communication skills. So Everything that we do is building knowledge, skills, confidence, community over and over and over in all kinds of different ways. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, we don't have an offering right now for adults um, except for our, our ebook that's free on our website. Um, and if you sign so they up can for that, get in that contact be... with you and maybe request and request and exactly. request. And if we get a ton of requests, <laughs> you guys exactly. want it. Yeah, we're really just to be totally transparent. We're in an inquiry of like, what do we offer now? How can we be of service in new ways? Um, and so, uh, yeah, when you, if you go on our website, you can download the book. That'll get you on our email list or just sign up for our email list or send me, you know, go on the contact page and you can send an email through there. Just info at yaycamp.org. Um, I would, we're taking requests, you know, of how can we be of service and looking at, you know, reinventing what it is that we do. And I think in some ways this will be really good for us and, yeah. and it has been really good for us to examine, you know, kind of diversify our offerings and find different ways that we can bring our programs to, to people that, you know, we could reach way more people online yeah. and, you know, in different, different approaches. So. Absolutely. And because that of the question. timing right now of where at least the, well, actually this is really worldwide. You're seeing it where people are really feeling, like they need to stand for what they believe in, that people really feel the call, that it's really exciting to maybe be able to tap into yourself, your resources, so that people can continue to, to funnel some of that um, energy, excitement, concern, sadness, and really turn mm -hmm. it into, like you were saying, turn it into skills, turn it into confidence, mm -hmm. and, and so forth. So I, I really think there might be a, a great um, opportunity there maybe in the future. So maybe we'll invite you back on mm -hmm. um, later on to give us another update of all the great work that you're doing. So, but That'd once again, thank you for joining us. Thanks for jumping in on that last question. Yeah. Um, and if anybody else has any other questions, you can always post them in the comments. Even if you're not watching this live, we will monitor them. We will get them over to Nora as well um, and make sure you are taken care of. So with that, thank you so much for being our guest today. And thank you everyone for watching. Goodbye. Thanks, Stephanie. Bye.